Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Friday, December the 31st, the last day of 2021. And I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. I am here to go over a really solid 10-game NBA main slate. So we have 20 teams playing with about 9 million changes, a bunch of COVID 10-day replacement guys. It is about as much fun as you can have. As long as you have a nice bottle of Advil next to you, a stiff drink, and then maybe as the day wears on, a, a cup of coffee to keep you uh, abreast of everything that's happening. I'll tell you, though, uh, I joke around, but I'm loving this, loving this slate, loving the way this is all taking place. It gives us a big advantage here at DFS Coach Talk because we're hand-building lineups after we you know, look at all the statistical analysis and everything else that, that we need to put into play, projections, ownership, cruncher, the whole nine yards. But we're able to massage and change and affect things uh, with our final lineups right down to the wire, which we've needed, and then beyond. Because throughout the slate, there are changes that take place as well. But if you've landed on the right place, if you haven't been here before, we can maximize that potential. We've had some phenomenal 1% uh, results this last week, and uh, we expect to do that as we close out 2021. For those of you that listen every day, appreciate you. Thank you for your patronage in 2021 of, of jumping on here, uh, watching, giving us those thumbs up, putting your comments in there, subscribing to the channel. Uh, we have grown immensely this year amid, amidst all the COVID stuff and everything going on. Uh, it's still been a, a fantastic uh, fantasy DFS uh, daily fantasy type of year. So we appreciate everybody's contribution and jumping in here. Big shout out to uh, our whole team here at DFS Coach Talk. Could not do it without this group of uh, seven other guys that uh, just really dedicate themselves and are uh, totally sold out in making Coach Talk the best provider in the industry. So big hats off to everybody. Thank you very much. And we are going to do our very best to finish out uh, 2021 with a serious uh, boom, as we call it here at Coach Talk. And we've got a 10-game slate to do that. What we're going to, we're covering everything today at Coach Talk. Uh, what we're providing to our members is a two-game early slate for FanDuel and DraftKings. And then same lock time, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're also providing the 10-game full all-day slate on Yahoo. And then we're going to jump back in at for the 7 p.m. night slate on all three sites. Uh, that seven-gamer uh, starts this evening again at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we'll have two sets of lineups that we're providing uh, for our entire family there at Coach Talk. So again, if you're watching right now on YouTube, thumbs up, subscribe, please. Give us a comment or a question. That helps us move up the algorithm. And while you're at it, hit that little alarm button in the upper corner. Uh, that will uh, give you an alert every time one of our podcasts posts. And we're posting seven days a week NBA podcast in front of the paywall and then three very hearty NFL podcast in front of the paywall.
So um, definitely uh, appreciate, uh, you know, listening and putting and subscribing. That all helps us get the word out to more people. Also, um, if you're listening wherever audio podcasts land, Spotify, uh, you know, anywhere, you name it, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Today's the last day of our monthly contest. You still have until seven o'clock tonight at lock to enter. All you have to do <clears throat> is give us a five stars and a comment and you'll be entered for a full all access one week membership to Coach Talk. <clears throat> Excuse me, that our uh, our man Omaha Joe will draw for us here at Lock. So keep an eye out here uh, in YouTube for the announcement of that winner and on Twitter. So it's not too late uh, to uh, enter that contest. All right, we've got ten really good ones today. We are going to get after this right now. The first game, 1 o'clock, very bizarre 1 o'clock game on a Friday during the week. I know it's New Year's Eve. Still a little weird, though, but we're going after it because we're going to go. We're going to try to hit this two-game slate early on and really uh, make it happen. All right, the 1 o'clock game, Phoenix Suns at Boston Celtics. Phoenix minus 4.5, 215 total, 109.75 implied for Phoenix. 105.25 for the Boston Celtics. Phoenix comes in at 27 and 7, the Celtics at 16 and 19. Guys that are already ruled out, and we have a big lists on both sides. Phoenix, it's Aiton, Crowder, Kaminsky, McGee, Nader, and Sarich. For Boston, it's Fernando, Freedom, Nesmith, or Naismith, Schroeder, and Tatum. So we do have some key guys out uh, in this one. As far as both teams, it is an island game. So that's helpful to know. And statistically speaking, Phoenix is the sixth fastest pace in the league, Boston 19th. And then defense, we know Phoenix locks it down there second. And Boston in the top 10 as well at nine. So you've got just an average uh, total here at 215. Quick, uh, quick view of this, Chris Paul down a 7-6, which is doable. Booker at 8-3 as well. He had a great game the last game out. Kale Bridges, 4-6, and Cam Johnson at 5K, very affordable. And then the wild card, probably one of the higher-owned players on the slate, will be Jalen Smith at 4-1. Uh, the youngster has shown uh, some really good promise, and with the two bigs out in Aiton and McGee, uh, this should be a coming out party for Jalen Smith at that 4.1 number. He's going to be in, in most almost everybody's lineup. He is somewhat of a free square uh, on this two-game early slate, not as much on the 10-game the uh, all-day slate on Yahoo. Uh, you can also take a quick look maybe at uh, Cameron Payne at 4.5. He gets decent run with this group. So you can pay up for one of the two guards and Paul Booker. And then you got a bunch of value in Bridges, Johnson, Smith, and Payne. On the Boston side, you know, it's the same scenario here. When we always talk about if either Brown or Tatum are out, play the other one. And Brown has been fantastic. He is shooting the ball like crazy. His usage is way up with Tatum off the floor. And he's a definite 
uh, big consideration for me in this early two-gamer and maybe on the whole slate for the 10-gamer uh, at 9-4. So Jalen Brown at 9-4, uh, very much in the, the running for a lineup uh, spot. We have uh, Marcus Smart at 6, um, Al Horford 7-3, and Robert Williams 6-5. So you've got a lot of mid-level options uh, if you want to go there. We've got uh, Romeo Langford 3-5, not going to go there. Peyton Pritchard, who absolutely torched a bunch of lineups uh, two days ago at 5-2, way too expensive for him, uh, especially coming off the bench. If the lineup changes and he's starting, you know, you can at least consider him on some of the sites. But after that last debacle, not real excited to go there. Uh, that is about it for the first game. Uh, let's go to game two. It is the Chicago Bulls at the Indiana Pacers. Chicago's favored by four and a half. It's a 222 total. 113.25 implied for Chicago. 108.75 for the Indiana Pacers. The Bulls come in at 22 and 10. The Pacers at 14 and 21. Here, who is uh, who is out for the Chicago Bulls? Ball, Bradley, Caruso, Ilyasova, McKinney, Seminovich, and Williams. For the Indiana Pacers, out. It's Brogdon, Duarte, Jackson, Lamb, McConnell, and Warren. So quite a few guys out, but still a lot of good players uh, in the mix here. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Chicago, but it's an early, uh, earlier game. It's a 3 p.m. game, by the way. So the two-game early slate consists of the 1 o'clock Phoenix-Boston game and the 3 o'clock Chicago-Indiana uh, game. And remember, all of them are included on Yahoo all day. Um, and all right, so Chicago um, with that decent implied of 113.25 is interesting. Again, first night of a back-to-back. -back, does that affect some players? Maybe a small shift, uh, but again, they don't play till tomorrow night. So it's not as bad of a turnaround on a back-to-back. -back. Indiana, it is an island game. Pace-wise, Chicago, middle of the pack, 14th. Indiana, a little slow, 22. Defensively, you've got some good uh, Chicago D in the top 10 most of the year. They're hanging in there at 10th. Indiana is sitting at 20th. So what do we have here? Kobe White, season again. He stepped up. And in the absence of some players, he's only 4-6 and a great option. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan always are decent pay-up options. I think they both have really good potential in this game, uh, but you do have to spend up. Levine's 9-3, DeRozan 9-1. Javante Green at 3-8, uh, potential. And Vuk at 8-7, certainly uh, a really good center option, uh, but not a slam dunk. On uh, the other side of the ball for Indiana, Karis LeVert's been getting it done pretty consistently. Uh, since Brogdon's been out, he's really running the show. And his assist rate, his percentage has gone up quite a bit, and he's still scoring the ball. So at 8-9, I think, you know, the fact that he's still sub-9 is very fair, and he's going to definitely be in strong consideration, especially on this two-game slate. After that, you've got some... A lot of uh, rotational guys with either starting or coming off the bench that are very fairly priced. Uh, 
Craig at 3-3, not recommending him. Justin Holiday, though, at 4-2, has been known to get hot and have some decent games. You get a little of O'Shea Brissett at 3-7. He can really get it done. And their bench is just way thinner than it's been before. So I think Brissett, excuse me, is in play. The two big guys are obviously, you know, the decision there on where your buy-up is. Uh, but Sabonis is 9-8, a little rich. Uh, you do get almost a 2K drop in price to Miles Turner, who's 7K and has been playing uh, consistent minutes. So some interesting games, uh, a, sort of a cool two-game early, and uh, certainly has my interest. I will be both supplying lineups and participating. All right, let's go to the odd game here in the mix. It's included in the all-day slates but not in the evening slates because it starts at 6 p.m. Eastern, and that's the Dallas Mavericks and Sacramento Kings. The game is generally a pick em here with both teams having an implied total of right around 109. So, you know, 217.5, 218 total uh, makes perfect sense here. Uh, the two teams coming in here, Dallas and Sacramento, <clears throat> Both below 500 in, in need of a win. Dallas 16 and 18. Sacramento at 15 and 21. Right now, the Sacramento Kings have absolutely no one listed on any status report, which is sort of the oddest thing on the entire slate today that somebody could have a clean board like that. But I'm sure things will change as the day goes on. We've seen it multiple changes throughout the day and throughout the night uh, with these lineups. So nothing for Sacramento, uh, not such a case as Dallas. How about this group? First of all, you have Reggie Bullock that is probable, should return today, but then all the rest of these guys are out. Burke, Cauley Stein, Doncic, Hardaway, Kleba, Knight, Marinovich, McLaughlin, and Thomas. Even Isaiah Thomas is out now. So it's, it's, you know, the 10 days of the 10 days on their second trip, and then they're on COVID protocol. So it is getting a little bit crazy. Statistically, let's talk about these two teams a bit. Dallas in a miserable 27th pace. So huge pace down game for Sacramento because they're fifth. It is a pace up game immensely for Dallas. So that's a plus for that side of the ball. Dallas is right square in the middle, 15th defensively. Sacramento not as well, 24th. So there are some decent plays here uh, without question. Uh, somehow, some way, Jalen Brunson's price is high, but the prices here uh, listed, if you're looking on a couple of the different sites, they're treating this game as a solo game, and so you're going to see some jacked up prices. So don't pay attention to those. But Jalen Brunson is priced pretty highly, as well as Chris Stapp's Porzingis. You're going to have to pay up for those two guys if you want to include them. Uh, I think they're both extremely tempting to pay take here just because Sacramento's poor defense and good pace. So Brunson and Porzingis get uh, pretty much all of my attention here. Not interested in the other eight guys that are playing the rest of those minutes and not well. So I'm not even going to waste anybody's time going over. I guess the, the if you want to take one dart throw on a GPP, Dorian Finney-Smith is playing uh, monster minutes. On the Sacramento side, the man that uh, is not in my 
happy list for the end of the year here. De'Aaron Fox really gave us a, a punch right in the gut uh, the other night. So I'm a little down on him. Jalen Brunson does get after it defensively, and so does Neil Aquina. So, uh, you know, the, the late, late sting still burns a little bit. So Fox isn't going to be on my list. Halliburton's been out playing him consistently. I've been waiting for Fox to strike back, but Halliburton has been the better player. I'm not going to dive all over him just because of this, you know, split of handling the ball with Fox. When Fox is out, Halliburton's a, a you know, automatic play. But with both of them playing, uh, I'd lean slightly towards Halliburton. I'm more interested in Barnes. I think his price is a little bit more reasonable. Bagley's also become a key starter and player for them uh, under the new coach. He hasn't been fantastic, but at his price, the minutes are there and his usage is, is improved. Rashawn Holmes, always a possibility. We like to play bigs against Dallas. Holmes, if he gets enough minutes, is the key because they've limited his miss, uh, minutes of late. But it is an island game for both teams. Uh, so maybe he gets that extra push. You can also look at Buddy Hill coming off the bench as well as Metu. So the, the Bagley-Metu split starts to get a little hairy. And they're also getting an extra shift from home. So uh, not slam dunk plays for sure, but some, some possibilities. All right, now we get into the meat and potatoes of this slate, the seven-game night slate, uh, starting with the first game at 7 p.m., Miami Heat, Houston Rockets. Uh, it is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Houston, so that'll affect them a little bit, especially with guys like Porter and Green that just came back, more of a veteran in Wood. So, you know, we want to take that into consideration as we're building here. Um Miami's favored in this game by three and a half. It's a 217 and a half total, 110 and a half implied for Miami, and a 107 for the Houston Rockets. Coming into this game, Miami is 22 and 13. Houston is 10 and 25. An absolute massive list for the Heat. So if you want to go grab that second cup of coffee, uh, you probably will be back by the time I finish reading this Miami injury report. And most of them are out, which is really bizarre. First of all, and the most important, is Jimmy Butler. He is likely to play. He's on the probable list. I'm counting him as in. So that is as player number one. The two that we don't know about, Kyle Lowry and Caleb Martin, both questionable. So those are important pieces of information and I hope they play because I, if not, I don't know how this game even plays. Uh, here is who's out. It's it's crazy. Adebayo, Cheatham, Deadman, Garrett, Haslam, Lowry uh, has now, this Haslam listed as out, not questionable. So he's just moved over to that list. Morris, Okpala, Oladipo, Robinson, Struess, Tucker and Vincent. Is that nuts or what? So does this game go? We got to keep an eye on it. If it does, obviously, you know, with Butler being the main guy here, Hero and Yurt Saban, those three guys would be one, two, three for me uh, all over the place. So they'd be getting in cash and GPP on all the different sites because all the usage is going to go there. The rest of the guys are going to be 
uh, G League, uh, the ball boy, a couple of people out of the stands. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. But uh, we do need to see how that plays out. At least it's not till the 7 o'clock late slate. We'll have all the news. We'll know who's in and out for that game, uh, who's eligible. And, you know, I would assume I'm going to, if the game goes, going to be heavy butler, heavy hero, yard saving. And if Caleb Martin can get ruled in, uh, he'll be on that list as well. So it could be a lot of Miami Heat of those four guys uh, in a lot of lineups, but let's see how it plays out. On the Houston side, uh, we have a questionable tag uh, on uh, Kenyon Martin Jr. And then these guys are out, Augustine, Giroux, Matthews, Tate, and Wall. So a lot more regular of a lineup for Houston uh, without question and uh, – we'll be able to break that down for you here as well. Cause we know Miami's defense isn't going to be as great as it usually is with all those guys missing, but they're still going to have lockdown Butler out there. Uh, so it's not a total loss defensively for them. Uh, as far as the stats go, Miami's 28th in the league in pace, Houston's third. So for those guys that do play for Miami, I know, you know, Spolster will try to slow the game down cause they're going to be shorthanded. So they won't play at quite the pace that they would play. So they'll be playing like at the slowest pace team in the league, but Houston won't. Houston's going to have the opposite strategy. Let's push, wear them down. Uh, they're shorthanded. We're going to push, push, push. So I think this game will have a decent pace to it just because that's going to be Houston's intention throughout. As far as defensively, Miami seventh. Houston has supplanted uh, Charlotte and now is dead last worst defense in the league. So again, you know, we're looking for Miami at how are they going to fill guys? Is this game going to go? I'm not thinking it may go, but I hope it does. Cause I, again, at seven, two hero, uh, Jimmy Butler, at 10 K Caleb Martin at four, three and Omer Yurtsevin at five, eight are all massive plays for me. Uh, you're going to get a decent amount probably of Kyle Guy at 3-8. He's not a bad player. He really isn't. And if he's going to play 35 minutes, uh, he's going to make some of my teams as well. But let's just hope this game goes and see what happens from that side. Houston, it's not as simple. With Porter, Green, Gordon, Nawaba, Wood, Martin, Sangoon, Christopher, Brooks, and Tice, and Queen even, they're getting a lot of minutes from a lot of guys. And I just am not interested. I mean, Miami's defense is good, even shorthanded. Uh, their pace is terrible. So it's pace down. I know Houston, like I said, is going to push the ball. But they're playing a good 10 guys. And uh, nobody's been really killing it. Uh, Porter and Green should continue to get better now that they've been back a little bit. Uh, Gordon's disappointed quite a bit. For some reason, uh, the DFS world is in love with David Nawaba, and he gets owned a bunch, and I haven't seen him smash anything. So, you know, not sure there. The guy that's always, you know, in the discussion with Houston, if he's playing big minutes, is is definitely Christian Wood. He's 8-6, which is a decent number, but he is fantastic when he's playing well and uh, would be the only guy, truthfully, that I'm considering from Houston. So that'll be an interesting game. <clears throat> All right, let's go to the second game on the evening slate. That would be a 7.30 tilt, the Clippers at Toronto. It's the first night of a back-to-back -back for the L.A. Clippers. 
Um, and they are uh, underdog of by seven points to the Toronto Raptors, which is unusual. It's only a 210 and a half total, 101.75 for the Clippers implied, 108.75 for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, Clippers come in 18 and 17, Toronto 14 and 7. We've got a laundry list here for the Clippers. That's why they're an underdog. First off, Reggie Jackson, Jackson is questionable. We need that news. Very important for their rotation. Here are the guys that are out. Batum, Boston, George, Hartenstein, Leonard, Preston, Scrub, Wright, and Zubots. All out. So very interesting there. Now we have a, a ton of guys that are probable for Toronto that have come out of COVID protocol. And here's that list. That is a massive list within itself. Achua, Ananobi, Banton, Barnes, Birch, and Van Vliet. So in essence, other than Trent and Siakam, you know, seven of their top nine guys. So they may have their, their top players uh, all back, all nine of them. So that's why they're a favorite here. And they definitely could lay one on the clip, a shorthanded Clippers uh, without question. The guys that are out for Toronto are Bonga. I don't know how to say his name, but I always just call him Champagne because it sounds sounds cool. Uh, I've not seen him play much either. Dragic and Johnson, those guys are out. If we look at the numbers here, we've got uh, the Clippers with the 11th best pace. Toronto plays pretty slow at 24. But again, that same scenario when teams smell blood in the water, uh, like the Clippers being shorthanded, I know Nick Nurse is going to have them pushing the ball. So I think this game also will play at a little bit faster pace. Uh, and in that total could be a little low. I think they'll they'll score a little bit more in this game. Um, and then as far as defense, Clippers fourth, but again, they're missing most of their good defenders. And you've got uh, Toronto at 21st. So again, important news on Reggie Jackson, if he's going to be in or not. He's an expensive 8-1. I don't particularly want to use him, but it changes the offensive flow for uh, the Clippers. If he sits, I think Bledsoe's a much better play at 6-2, as is Terrence Mann at 5-3. Marcus Morris, one of my favorite guys, 6-3, could be very effective here because they're going to need him to score. Uh, another great wild card play here, Serge Ibaka hasn't played huge minutes, but they've continually increased, and we know how effective he is, and he's a bargain basement 3.2. So he could be a very key piece uh, in our build today. Then you have Kennard, 5-2, Coffee 3-7. Those are the two guys off the bench in that mix. One of them would start probably Kennard if Jackson sits. So there's definitely some plays there on that side, I think, that are very doable. And this game's going to go overlooked. Um, on the Toronto side, it's a little tougher. Uh, again, you know, now that we have all these scenarios with you know, you've got maybe two or three legit NBA players surrounded by a bunch of uh, G League 10-day emergency contract guys. you got to fly to those guys because of the usage. I mean, guys on a lot of these teams that are getting maybe 18 19% usage are seeing 35 36% usage. So you're literally doubling uh, some of these main guys. And, you know, just like I said, like the Eric Bledsoe's, Marcus Morris's, different guys like that, where all the, the key usage uh, guys for teams are out. But we don't have that with Toronto. Uh, Van Vliet, 
is expensive at 9.8. Trent's still fair at 5.9. Ananobi at 8. You don't know exactly how much, you know, conditioning, how he's going to be. Same thing with Barnes at 8.7, Siakam at 9.3. And then you've got all those guys that have been taking all those minutes. Boucher, Watanabe, Mikaelu, Kachua, Banton, Birch, Flynn. Those guys have all been playing. So for me, it's similar, you know, to the team yesterday where they had their top 10, 11 man rotation and there just wasn't any value there. So I'd more than likely have exposure to the Clippers side than the Toronto side. DFS is bizarre. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but we can make sense of it. So that's the direction we're going to go there. All right. Next game also is at 730. It's the Atlanta Hawks versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland's favored by one and a half, which is a little bit surprising. 215 and a half total. Atlanta 107. Cleveland implied 108.5. Uh, Coming into this, uh, Atlanta is uh, 15 and 19. Cleveland is 20 and 15, but they lost Rubio the other day, which is going to really kill them in the long run. Um, as far as the guys out for Atlanta, it is gigantic. Bogdanovich, Collins, Cooper, Jeng, Ellison, Gallinari, Herder, Hunter, Johnson, TLC, Okongwu, and Wright. So the backups to the backups are even out now. So you're going to have very slim pickings on the Atlanta side. And then on the Cleveland side, we have questionable tags. And the most important one, Jared Allen. We need to know if he's in for sure. And Jetty Osmond also would be a, a big plus add for Cleveland if he's back. Uh, Darius Garland is out. So let's take a look at this game uh, from the numbers side. We've got um, Atlanta 18th in pace, Cleveland 25th. So that's not on the plus side. Uh, but defensively, Atlanta's all the way down to 26. They have really not defended well. Their games have gone uh, over the number a decent amount of times. Cleveland has that great third ranking, but with some of those key guys out, I really don't know if they really land in that three hole. I'd say more down towards 10 with some of those key players out. A couple of things here. I mean, you're going to have really three options that really dive out to you on Atlanta. I mean, Trey Young, is going to have usage out the ears, and I'm sure he's going to be chalky. He is 11-5, which is a hard pill to swallow, but there's got to be a ton of shots coming from him without question. Um, Cam Reddish at 6-5, he should also get a lot of opportunities. He disappointed a little bit last time through. Clint Capella at 8-3, a little more risky because he just doesn't handle the ball a ton, but, you know, it, it all depends if Allen's back or not to defend in the middle, if I even consider Capella. Uh, the bargain basement guys, probably Skylar Mays at 3-8, Sean D. Brown at 3-6. Uh, if we get some of the other bench guys back, you know, it's possible they, you know, we're going to follow that news. But really for me, it's young, all about young and reddish. I think uh, both of them are really good plays. And I haven't paid up for Trey Young uh, much this year, but he is certainly – uh, you know, in the headlights here and on my radar. The tough part for Cleveland is they're on the second night of a back-to-back. -back. So not only did they lose Rubio, they have Garland out with COVID protocols. They're all banged up and they have a back-to-back -back on top of that. 
uh, which doesn't make it any easier. So this is a scary one. Pangos disappointed a ton of people last night at 3-5, myself included. Uh, Okoro at 4-5 just isn't very good. Let's just face it. He's a good defender, but that's about where it ends. So disappointed in him. You know, the guys that you consider very simply here, Markinen at 6, Mobley at 7-6 is amazing. That, that movie had last night with the George Gervin finger roll reverse. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It's Dr. J. George Gervinish, a move from a, a big guy that I think he's like 19 or 20 years old. So Evan Mobley is something. Uh, 7'6", Kevin Love at 6'7". He's had to step up in all the absence here. But Jared Allen, if he plays or not, is going to be the news. That That's what we need to know because it changes everything on this team and also defensively. So we're going to keep the rest of our uh, Atlanta Cleveland comments until we get uh, that news locked down. Again, if you need to follow us to, to follow that news, easiest way to do it is jump aboard. Uh, go to dfscoachtalk.com. You can sign up for as little as three days uh, for 10 bucks. We have our New Year's special uh, in honor of 2022, where uh, we have a $22 membership for two weeks, all access. We still have a few spots left in that. So if you want to join, I would recommend uh, doing that today because I think it will be filled by uh, tomorrow. So uh, again, that's 22 bucks for two full weeks, uh, dfscoachtalk.com. The reason I say that now is because this is the kind of news that you need to follow as the day's going on. We will adjust the lineup in this game, the usage, the projections, uh, and everything, recrunch everything, and then hand build back through, uh, for example, in this game with Jared Allen, which will affect specifically Mobley, Love, and Capella in this game. So include and Jared Allen himself. So uh, definitely uh, jump in, follow us through Discord. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we post a lot of information there as well. Uh, we're, our whole team is at DFS Coach Talk. I am at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. All right, we go on to the next game, 8 o'clock game. Uh, we have two 8 o'clock games. It's the San Antonio Spurs versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is favored by 6.5. Uh, we've got uh, San Antonio 109.75 implied. Memphis a nice healthy 116.25. This, the fear of pop is definitely present because it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for San Antonio, and you never know what pop is going to do. Memphis, on the other hand, is on uh, a, an island here, so they should be able to dial up whatever they need to get this game uh, done. San Antonio's 14-19. and 19. Memphis, a very impressive 22-14. and 14 considering the guys that they've had out at different stretches throughout the year. Um, as far as designations, Walker, Lonnie Walker, the fourth, is questionable for the Spurs. We know Kaycock, Collins, and Murray are out. So San Antonio almost at full strength. Memphis, Aldama questionable. Then we have a group out. Brooks, Culver, Conchar, Melton, Merrill, Pons, Tillman, and Zaire Williams. So that's the group that is out for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, as far as the numbers crunch here, the Spurs are fourth in pace, Memphis eighth in pace. 
That's why you have this big fat 226 number. Uh, it is the second highest number on the slate and definitely grabs your attention here. Um, as far as defense, San Antonio 16th, Memphis 12th. So somewhat combining for middle of the pack defense. Where do we go to here? That's the question. First of all, again, there's always that fear of getting popped here by Mr. Greg Popovich there, Coach Pop. Uh, Derek White at 6'8 can be fantastic, or he could lay an egg. You just don't know. Uh, other guys I'd consider slightly, Keldon Johnson, 5'9", Jakob Pertl at 6'1". After that, it really is a crapshoot. You can go super cheap at the McDermott or Bates job, but on a 10-game slate or a seven-game if you're just playing the night slate, I don't think it's really necessary. Uh, but I do think White at 6'8 is cheap. Um, and I think Keldon Johnson and Jakob Hurdle both cheap as well. So you can get some value in this game if you want to stack it up a little bit. I can see myself definitely going to Memphis, one San Antonio, and this being a key game for me. That Memphis side, John Morant was ridiculous the other day. He's just getting better and better and more confident, shooting the ball so much better, and is the definite payup option at 9-6. Desmond Bain, equally as impressive, the second-year player, is a stud in my opinion. Uh, he's 6'8", and he just goes nuts every time Dylan Brooks sits. Brooks takes the usage right away from Bain. You don't see handoff of usage usually as even as that. But when Brooks is out, Bain becomes the second banana to Morant, and he gets it done. Uh, after that, it's a little fuzzier. Kyle Anderson does a lot of disappointing games, and for some reason, he's another one of those DFS darlings. Uh, Jaron Jackson, 6'6", inconsistent, but you know definitely a, a decent ceiling. Steven Adams at the 5'2", against Pirtle at 6'1". Those two guys, similar type of you know, big, strong players in the block. They may sort of cancel each other out. After that, the bench is okay. Clark, Tilly, Jones, nobody I'm going to recommend, though. But, man, it'd be nice to be able to dial up uh, both Morant and Bain. Not sure I'm going to be able to do that. And then follow it up with some, some cheap options on the other side with, like, a Derek White, Keldon Johnson uh, type play. So definitely going to have exposure there and think it will be necessary. All right, the only 8 o'clock, or I'm sorry, the second 8 o'clock game on the board. It's the New York Knicks at the Oklahoma City Thunder. Knicks favored by 5.5, a woeful 205.5 total, 105.5 for the Knicks, a flat 100 for your Oklahoma City Thunder. Knicks are 17 and 18. Thunder are 12 and 22. Fournier questionable for the Knicks which will open up some minutes for some other guards from the Knicks. The guys that are out, House, Mooney, Noel, Randall, yes, Julius Randall, Rose, Selden, and Sims. Questionable, we've got SGA, who that, when he got yanked, uh, definitely uh, shook up the squad the other night. Uh, he's questionable again, so we'll see. Uh, and also Kenrich Williams, questionable. The guys that are already ruled out, Baisley, Giddy, uh, Krechich, Mann, Pokacheski, and Robinson Earl. It's just amazing to me that the, the emergency 10-day guys are all, all now also getting ruled out. It's craziness. 
Statistically speaking, Knicks 26th in pace, Oklahoma City Thunder 12th. Defensively, the Knicks 14th and Thunder 19th. So somewhat underwhelming, but that 205 number is infinitesimal. It's very small. So are you going to have any uh, coverage here? You know, Kemba at a, a 7K is playable, no doubt. We know that when he plays, uh, he does get a lot of usage and he's going to take a lot of shots. If uh, Shea plays on the other side, 9.4, I'll take that in a heartbeat against the backcourt defense. If it's Walker and Fournier defending, I think I could score about five points in a game against those two. No, I couldn't. I couldn't even get up the floor, but you know what I'm saying. Um, and that would make Shea just look fantastic. But Kemba, definitely in consideration. Barrett's gone down. Uh, Obi Toppin's starting to get some momentum. A lot of people are looking at him at 3-9. Mitch Robb, you never know what you're going to get. You could get a great stocks game, ceiling game, or you could get three quick fouls. He's 4-9, more of a GPP play for me. Then we just need to see how the roster plays out here. Alec Burks is a little overpriced at 7-3, but if he's going to be solidified, if Fournier's ruled out and be in that starting lineup, he's certainly within play. Uh, I would definitely consider him. On the other side with Oklahoma City, you know, the news is for SGA. If he plays, he's the play. He's dominant, not interested in anybody else. If he sits, then a lot of potential bargains come up. And Aaron Wiggins at 3-8. Uh, if you really have courage, a Paul Watson at 3-2. Certainly Lou Dort at 6K takes a much more aggressive offensive role with SGA out. Then you've got, you know, those decisions, especially if Kenrich Williams sits. Does Isaiah Roby bust in there at 3-2? Uh, you know, Muscala, Ty Jerome, Teo Maladone, all potential guys. But again, on this big of a slate, you really don't have to go there. So, you know, even though this game sucks, it, you know, it could be a Walker SGA uh, matchup for me, or even a consideration of a Mitch Rob or a Lou Dort. I'm not going to shy from this game, but I'm certainly not going to dive all over it. All right, we have two games left. We have a 9 p.m. game, and then we have an hour and a half wait to watch LeBron and company against Dame and company in that late game. So the 9 p.m. game, Minnesota Timberwolves, Utah Jazz. We have that 222 total again. Utah, once again, a double-digit favorite at 10 and a half. They have been beating people up pretty good. Implied for Minnesota, 105.75. For the Utah Jazz, a healthy 116.25. Minnesota comes in at 16 and 18. Utah at a stop 25 and 9. As far as the information here, we should have the return of Ant. Mr. Anthony Edwards is clear protocols. Uh, we have a questionable tag on Jared Vandal Vanderbilt, which is important. Um, and then as far as questionable, also we have uh, Torian Prince. Guys that are ruled out, Russell, Towns, and Wright. So with Russell and Towns still out, it definitely takes on a different look. As far as the Jazz go, we have a questionable tag on Ingles. And then we have Azubuki, Conley, and Pascal out. So really Conley and then possibly Ingles being the two guys uh, that may be missing for the rotation. And they almost never uh, miss anybody. Um, Minnesota 
is seventh in pace, Utah 10th. So that's why you got the 222 total. We have had some big numbers in both Utah and Minnesota games. So you cannot avoid this game completely. There's some good, good steals here in this game. These two teams do defend, though. Minnesota's 11th and Utah's 6th. So that makes not a real stackable game, but a game where you need some exposure. We do need the rest of the news. Um, you know, with the guys out right now, it looks like Patrick Beverly at 5'2", Malik Beasley at 5'8", uh, are within reason. I do like Anthony Edwards at 7'8". I just want to make sure that there's no limitations for him with him sitting out for a bit here. Uh, but I believe that he should be a good-to-go uh, guy. Jaden McDaniels is 5'1", and Jared Vanderbilt 5'6". If one of them sits, specifically, I believe it was Vanderbilt uh, that was on, or M McDaniels. Let me go back and look real quickly here. It's Vanderbilt that's questionable. So if Vanderbilt sits, Jaden McDaniels is a really nice play at 5'1". And then you've got Nas Reed at 5'1", who came back. He should be, you know, he stung some people, but I think that he'll be much better this game. He'll be backed up by Nathan Knight at 3-8, but I prefer uh, Reed at 5-1 in this game. I think he'll get mid-30s minutes plus. Um, so, you know, wouldn't mind having Edwards and Reed in this game if we get the full go uh, on Edwards or, you know, if Vanderbilt sits, I'd love to have uh, that McDaniels, or I'm sorry, yes, the McDaniels uh, coverage. All right, on the Utah side, uh, Donovan Mitchell at 9-7 may be one of the best payup guys uh, of the slate. I know he's going to get some Pat Bev defense, but he's Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and then with Conley out and Ingles out, you know he's going to get more of a push there, especially if the game stays close. Bogdanovich at 5-2 can be considered. If you want to go big with Rudy Gobert at 9-5, that is always a possibility. Uh, you know he's going to get consistent rebounds and blocks. Uh, but again, offensively, I don't know if he stacks up to soak up one of those big payup spots at 9-5. We should be a, see a, an increased Jordan Clarkson usage here with uh, Conley and in, uh, Jingles out. Clarkson becomes much more of a strong play. He's 6-3, which I think is overpriced on FanDuel or on DraftKings. But I, I do think that he has the potential to do much better. He has not been consistent, though, whatsoever. So it's a, a bit of a risk, but I think there's some a good reward there as well. All right, we go to the last game, and it's the juiciest game of the night. So how many is too many to wait on for this last game? It's the Lakers minus five and a half, a big, heavy 229 and a half total, 112 implied for Portland, 117 and a half implied for the Lakers. So you've got the magic numbers all the way around here, all kinds of interest in this game as we need to have, especially with the specific guys that are out. As of right now, Portland comes in 13 and 21 and they are leaking oil. Lakers 17 and 19 taking a lot of, of heat in the press and you know they're saying they're sticking together and they're going to fight it out. But I know they're feeling it. Vogel's feeling it. So uh, a game that they certainly want to uh, win. Uh, as far as the, the designations here, Nazir Little, Blevins, Macklemore, D. Smith, 
and Watford are all listed probable. So those guys are all exiting protocol and have a great chance of being back to solidify that Portland bench. The guys that are out for Portland, Covington, McCullum, Nurkic, Simons, Williams, and Zeller. So they're still hammered. Actually, four of their five starters in some of the cases this year with Covington, McCollum, and Nurkic, and then once in a while, Simons. So they're still missing a lot of key pieces. Uh, Lakers, we've got a questionable tag on Avery Bradley and Trevor Ariza. We could have the return of Ariza here. Uh, we know probable for LeBron James and probable for Kent Bazemore. The three guys that are out for the Lakers, you have Anthony Davis, which is huge. Uh, Kendrick Nunn, who we haven't seen. And then Rajon Rondo, who's rumored to be uh, traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we'll see what happens there. Statistically speaking, uh, this is an island game for both teams. Again, it's, it is the late game at 1030. Uh, you've got Portland with the 16th pace. Lakers are number one pace in the league. So Dame's loving that. A couple of these guys that like to run are loving that for Portland. Uh, defensively, Portland terrible, 28th. Lakers mid-level at 13, and that's dipped down a bit. So where do we look? How much is the stack here? Two, three guys I think is potentially reasonable. Uh, Dame at 10-9 is a fine payup. Um, Norman Powell at 6-7 has gotten it done quite a bit this year. The two target prices for a lot of people will be Nazir Little at 5-4 and Larry Nance Jr. at 6-1. They both had good games. They both had average games, and they both had terrible games. So they are very volatile in those positions with all the, the guys out. But, you know, either Little or Nance may be a very great play here uh, to make it, uh, make it work. And along with Lillard or Powell, I think would be good a good start uh, for the Portland side here uh, to finish out your roster. Again, on the Lakers side, is it's LeBron James. He's 12K, though, so it's a big, big commitment. But you certainly will, you know, enjoy your evening knowing you have him in your hip pocket for that late game. So he is in consideration for me. Let's face it, he's been very good since Anthony Davis went out. All of his numbers uh, have been better. Uh, I don't think he's 100% plug and play, though, but I do think he's in high consideration for me. Russell Westbrook at 10-7, you know, he's the only guy in the league that you can say he sucked and he got a triple-double. It doesn't make sense, but he's really not worth the 10-7, and there's a lot of risk there. Can he break a slate? 100%. He could drop a 30-point triple-double, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. So I get it if you want to try something very contrarian. In that late game, it could be a really good secret. Uh, if you're doing late swap. Uh, and you're looking to that late game, if you're behind and it doesn't look like you're going to cash, you know, and you have some maneuverability, if you go from a LeBron to a Westbrook, that's not a bad idea because, you know, you're going to have a lot more people with LeBron. And if you need to make a move, you know, you can at least carry that in your holster if you need to make that change. After that, you know, Malik Monk has been good. He's st still priced low. He's four or five. So he can be considered 
you know, how much run is Dwight Howard going to get? I'm not sure because Portland doesn't really have a center. So, you know, he may get played right off the floor. The other day when they went small, uh, neither Howard or Jordan saw the floor at all. Now, you did get some of them in the last game, but too risky for me. I don't want any stress of those bigs uh, for L.A. So really it's LeBron and Monk that I have the most interest in. Uh, THT potentially at 5-4. Always think he's going to throw a big game in there, and then he doesn't, but I guess I still think that. Um, Like I say here, you know, Portland side, Lillard, Great play, pile potential. Do you have the guts on Little or Nance is the question. Don't like the guys coming off the bench. So I'm not going to have a ridiculous amount of exposure in this game. I think some people are going to go a little bonkers and have four or five guys from this game. And I understand it's 229 and a half total. Uh, But I think, you know, two guys are probably going to be the way I'm going to go here. Three at the very, very most. And I think it's a balanced slate all the way around. You've got some value. You've got some price up guys. You can do a mid-level build. That's what I love about big slates. And especially the way that this one sits now is you can use several different winning combinations of how you put those lineups together. And again, you know, as we hand build them here at Coach Talk, we're going to give you one, two, three lineups uh, that are going to get it done for you. So if you want to uh, jump aboard, it's dfscoachtalk.com can go for as little as three days for 10 bucks, jump on that $22 special for two weeks in honor of the new year tomorrow or tonight at midnight, I should say. And uh, we'd love to have you do that. What we do is we provide a draft King coaches clipboard, which is very unique to the industry. It's a five man highlighted core. And then we give you several other options to build out your lineup on DraftKings. We follow all the parameters that DraftKings has set forth. On uh, the other two sites, FanDuel and Yahoo, we provide a full uh, cash slash hybrid, which we use in single entry GPPs. Uh, We provide a full lineup for each of those on FanDuel and Yahoo, and then also the multi-entry GPP lineup on both FanDuel and Yahoo. So again, I want to thank everybody for a fantastic 2021. It's been a very interesting year. But it's been a a fun year here at Coach Talk. Uh, We've grown a ton, and we appreciate everybody that tunes in every day. And we love to see when you post things uh, in YouTube and on Twitter uh, so that we can show you some love when you have some of those big winners. So that is it, my friends. A full 10-game slate, seven-game main night slate. But this should give everything covered for you. Uh, Tomorrow's the uh, most fun podcast of the week. You get Josh Crash Davis and myself for a Saturday. It's a night slate at six games, so it'll be a a really good one to go over. Josh and I will uh, also build a two brains are better than one FanDuel GPP lineup uh, at the end of that tomorrow. Uh, Just also remember, it's the last day to sign up for the drawing for the free one-week membership. Just a five-star and quick comment on any of our audio podcast landing spots, and you will qualify for that drawing. All right, everyone. Thank you. I appreciate it. Happy New Year. Please, uh, if you're out partying New Year's Eve and having a great time, get an Uber, get whatever, don't drive, be safe, 
enjoy it. And let's have an absolutely fantastic finish uh, to the 2021 season. All right. We'll be back again tomorrow uh, with Josh Davis in tow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.